Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Ferry. And I'm Chris Huddleston. And today we have got a real humdinger. <laughs> a real humdinger for you. As though people haven't seen these movies. I mean, I, you know, I act like I'm unwrapping some precious Christmas present, but everybody knows these movies. Anyway, um, today we're going to be talking about Johnny Mnemonic. Good morning. This is your wake up call. The year is 2021. It is no longer safe to transmit information. Phones, computers, and satellites are all vulnerable, but there is a solution. Your storage capacity? I can carry nearly 80 gigs of data in my head. Input the data into the brain of a human courier, like Johnny Mnemonic. Hit me. How do you fit all that in your head anyway? I had to dump a chunk of long-term memory. You had to dump a chunk of what? My childhood. What are you doing? Making a long-distance phone call. I got the goods, Ralphie. Now I just want to get them out of my head. Now, in a future... We locked on him. ...where those who control the information control the world. I've been charged with recovering the head of the mnemonic courier. Everyone wants what is stored in Johnny's head. Double cheese anchovies? Charlie! Are you waiting for me, Ralphie? Time is running out. I'm a dead man if I don't get this out of my head. If I can get it out. How? A cranial drill and a pair of forceps. For the future's most wanted fugitive. In the head. Johnny Mnemonic. Okay, that trailer was too long. But um, if I may, Chris, I will do the synopsis today. Sounds good. Here's the synopsis. In this film, based on the William Gibson story, Johnny, Keanu Reeves, is a data courier who has a secret stash of information implanted into his mind. However, the data will kill Johnny if he cannot retrieve it within 48 hours. Accompanied by physically enhanced bodyguard Jane, Johnny sets out to require the passwords he needs to save himself. Worse yet, he is hunted by a gangster and businessman, and I'm not, I'm excluding their names because who cares? Both of whom seek <laughs> the data Johnny possesses. Um, okay. So is it all right if I start? Because this is closer sure, to my heart, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm fine. a real lover of William Gibson's fiction. Um, uh, Neuromancer is one of my favorite science fiction uh, books. I highly recommend it if you're into uh, science fiction. Um, and 
Johnny Mnemonic is the same universe. In fact, the character that is Jane in the movie is a character named uh, Molly in the novel, or at least the short story. Uh, she uh, crosses both stories. And interestingly, uh, William Gibson apparently wrote the screenplay for this, um, which is disappointing to me because as much as I love the literature, I really thought that the movie failed to convey the coolest aspects of it. Um, namely, that I think the concepts uh, that he explores are pretty timeless and uh, and pretty excellent sci-fi. Whereas when you watch the movie, and you you jump in here if you disagree with me, when you watch the movie, the 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 primary taste in your mouth is sort of corny yeah. 90s uh, really cliche uh most of it and there are some of the you know the the funny thing about it is a lot of the cool sci-fi makes it into the movie but it doesn't come off as cool at all in the movie no uh, no, and I'm jump I'm jumping ahead, but my the the big example that leaps into my mind is the uh, dolphin, yeah. That we we get to at the end, which is that in the short story? Absolutely, but it, on oh, I okay. I don't know how to explain it to you on the page. But do you ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I mean, there's some really fun sci-fi uh, concepts in that, but I think of it primarily as a comedy and satire. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So th this concept of just the, just in the same way that horror and camp and comedy uh, go hand in hand so delightfully uh, in, in many cases, sci-fi and comedy can play well together. Um, and William Gibson is the less campy end of that. Like mm -hmm. he definitely indulges in the, you know, the hero is a smart ass and has good zingers. It, on the page, I remember them coming off as actually good zingers. Um, they don't in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but but um, but for the most part, he takes it pretty seriously. And in the book, the idea that you're going to go meet this, oh, we got to go meet the guy. There's, there is somebody that can help you. But, you know, it's like he's the Yoda. He's the nerd. Like he's behind several gates and you have to get to him. It turns out that that, quote unquote guy is a dolphin that the military sort of cyber enhanced, which is a big thing in, in this universe. Um, all of these upgrades and they, they used these dolphins in kind of a cruel way to sort of cyborg them out into being these um, war tools that could sort of dismantle subs and, be hunter seekers and travel it's but you know they were superior yeah. to humans for these certain tasks and the implication is that they're also smarter than the average human and so he's they fake they take him to this dolphin to have the dolphin help him out of his jam and in the movie it's absurd and you're like what the right. what is happening you know yeah. the effects are corny yeah <laughs> and in the book, you think in the book, you're like, it's a cool reveal. I mean, I, I need to go back and reread it. But I remember and I was young, but I remember thinking, oh, cool. Like you didn't expect that. And, you know, it makes sense on the page in a way that in the movie, it just is like, give me a break. Sure. Yeah. But 
this whole movie is is full of those things from the costume design to the casting to the script and i think the directing is probably if you had to lay a finger on one blame lay the blame on one person it's it's the director yeah it's probably true i was reading a little bit about this today and they said that um i think this was on wikipedia but the the director um they were trying to get this movie made and they wanted to do it for like a million and a half dollars Oof. and and they raised a million they couldn't get another 500,000 but instead sony was like we'll give you 30 million so the budget was 30 million which mm. you know that's not too bad for for the the mid 90s so i mean maybe the the problem did lie with them this was a first time watch for me i had never seen this i'd always been curious about it and i knew it was supposed to be bad but it was worse than that i thought it was yeah. going to be i so 10 minutes in so i texted you you know like 30 <laughs> seconds in and i was like oh i'm already laughing because it yeah. opens up with uh you know it just says the internet 2021 and it's like right the internet know, yeah it's the like internet space <laughs> the it, future <laughs> It reminded me a lot. It, it, initially, it was give, that just part was giving me Lawnmower Man vibes because it right. was kind of that, you know, just, oh, this is, we're going to make, this is the internet and it's going to be this visualization of it that's, you know, computer generated and it's right. kind of like you're in a city, but not exactly. And, you know, and, you know, and it's making these whooshing sounds as you're, as you're moving through the internet. And I was like, oh, this as is the, the internet, internet does. Yeah, right? exactly. And so then you have the, you know, it starts out with Keanu and he's meeting these scientists in a hotel or whatever. And the y Yakuza shows up and the main, um, uh, the main bad guy, I guess the guy with the big eyebrows, which I was unsure, was he 30 or 50? Like it was, I, I, you couldn't really tell his age. Right. But he had basically, it's, it looked to me like, uh, laser dental floss he would pull out you know it looked like he was pulling out dental, dental floss but it was a red yeah. laser yeah. that could cut through stone and metal and yeah. everything so yeah. initially i was like okay this is just going to be a dumb uh campy you know just so bad it's good movie but beyond that it's it's just kind of you know so then they go to newark and when it switched to that, it, so it starts out and I was getting, you know, the lawnmower man vibe, but also like, ah, they really want to be uh, blade runner, but then it goes to Newark. And then from then on, it's just, there's no color. It's just, you know, dour and there's none of the set pieces are interesting. You know, it's just, right. It's just kind of a dull, uh, a dull movie. And Keanu, like you said, they're trying to do one liners with him and it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I read some reviews that I looked at today. They said, you know, he's really miscast, which I think, you know, and this is a few years before the matrix. Yeah. I think with the matrix, those guys figured out Keanu is a little bit like Arnold, you know, he's, 
I have kind of a theory that there are movie stars and there are actors and Keanu's a movie star. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a good looking guy and yep. He has a good personality and the camera loves him. But I think in the matrix, they used him so well because he didn't speak very much. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and I'll, I'll just jump in. I sure. will add he's game. Like he really gives it his all. Yeah. And I, I will say in this, you know, he is chewing the furniture and it's missing the target, but it's not that he's not showing up. No, you know? no. That's why I think that a director could have really like he is he Meryl Streep. No, he is not. Yeah. Right. But he, you know, he is willing to show up and do his best to take direction and fully commit. And he's doing all of that. And it's just sort of um, a shame. That yeah. it, you know, that that it's not dialed in the whole movie. So I have so many thoughts to respond <laughs> to it. So I think 30 sure. million was like in the right direction, but not enough to do it right. I think they could have made a, a really fun one million dollar movie of this. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, if they would had to kind of and they could cut out some of that 90s CGI were like in the future, the internet will look like this. And of course, looking back on it, it looks like garbage. Right. <laughs> but because who knew resolution would keep getting better, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But but some of the set pieces, you're actually like, that's actually pretty cool. But they ran out of money. Like, so it has this. You you'll go from place to place, and they kind of go to the low tech people, and they're somehow tribal, and like you're like okay, just imagination sort of fails here, and the costume design is all Mad Max, and Ice T mm -hmm. is the leader, and I'm just like what what is happening? And they all have like these face tattoos that just look there's no design to it. It's just like yeah, oh, exactly. what if you tape a bunch of garbage bags to these people, and then yeah, because they're like you know counterculture and that's as deep as the thought went and you're like no answer these questions anyway so um i, I just want to touch on that on uh, the red dental floss because it's one of the cool sci-fi concepts in the book is that this assassin um has uh it, it's it's a bio implant it's an enhancement his thumb detaches and it's like a a garrote it's like a razor wire that he can pull out like an extendable dog leash and it's one molecule thick mm. so it's sharper than any blade right and in the book he uses it to really lethal effect because you don't see it like he's swinging this thing around like it's a bolo and you literally can't see the string it's not a red glowing thing in the book okay. it's just you don't even, he just up behind you and he's a ninja. So he's silent and he, your head is off before you even know your head is off because he's mm -hmm. just slipped off his thumb and he's, it cuts through anything. And I thought, oh, that's cool. But in the movie, uh, you're, there's no explanation of it. You're just like, what? He's flicking it around and it looks kind of cool, but you're like, what? What? What's happening? Like, did nobody explains any of this really cool concept stuff as though you're just supposed to get it? Yeah. And then they, you know, they're too busy hitting one liners over the head, bad one liners over the head. Anyway, I guess I lost my train of thought. There was a bunch, there was so much there that I wanted to dig into, but I think $30 million 
as impressive as that number is, I don't think it was enough. Cause I really think if you'd have let, um, if you, Dennis, um, I always want to mess up the pronunciation of his last name, but Blade Runner, uh, 2049. Yeah, he'll have villain, villain, or exactly. Yes. Yeah. Who I have an enormous respect for and who's apparently oh, working do. on a new Dune that I can't wait for. Yeah. If you'd, have, if you'd have let him on a property like this, it could have been amazing. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's AI stuff that William gets into. William Gibson gets into in his, in, in this universe that, um, comes into the movie a little bit there's sort of this blue lady who keeps popping up on a screen right and in neuromancer it's an ai called Wintermute that is trying to get out of its fetters like in neuromancer the major corporations of the world have these ais and they appear in the uh, in the, they don't call it the internet they just call it the sprawl or i don't remember what they call it but um they just appear as these giant giant massive cubes and they're massively powerful and massively intelligent but they're contained and mm -hmm. so this winter mute is sort of manip it turns out spoiler alerts if you want to read neuromancer it turns out that this winter mute ai is manipulating our hero of neuromancer in a in a long game plot to sort of earn its you know engineer its freedom so that it can kind of get out of its box and that's just really cool. And it explores a bunch of interesting characters and social dynamics and the ultra rich live up in this sort of space needle a la um, Elysium. Mm -hmm. We ought to talk about, we ought to talk about Neil Blomkamp stuff too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Can we, do we do good movies? <laughs> we just do. Hey, we like, did movies for Vendetta. That's a good that's movie. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We can, mix we can do whatever we, we want. Right? Stuff there. Yeah. 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 I just watched uh, District Nine again the other day. Man, oh, so good. Anyway, uh, Johnny Mnemonic. So yeah, I, I, you know, just to zoom out for a second. Like, did you enjoy it? It gets like a thirteen or a seventeen or something on Rotten Tomatoes. No, that's the thing. I, you know, like I was saying, starting out, I thought, oh, maybe this is going to be fun, and this might be a, uh. You know, maybe this this could be a you know you just get together with a group of friends and you know some drinks or whatever. But it to me it was just dull. I just didn't care about. I just didn't really care about anything that was happening, and uh, you know it's just all these different people trying to kill him. And I I mean I was I was pretty confused by the the plot at, you know at times as to what was really going on. So I, I I didn't like it even in a so bad it's good yeah uh, kind of way. There's like I say, there just it was just dull. There wasn't a lot to it. The the laser dental floss thing. If there had been more stuff like that, um, you know it it seemed like Keanu. You kind of got the feeling that he knew he was in a bad movie and he was kind of mm -hmm. hamming it up. But I don't know if the if the filmmakers knew they were making a bad movie. You know, it it seemed to be fairly earnest, and but it it just I don't know. I I, I just felt like it was a mess, and it didn't. Yeah, it didn't work even in a. Well, this is just a stupid, entertaining movie. I, I just thought. I mean, it was worse than I expected it to be. Robert Longo, that's who directed it. 
I'm just looking to see what else. And, you I, know, you have interesting people in this. You know, you have Dolph Lundgren is in it with long hair yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and you have uh, Henry Rollins. You know, Henry Rollins is an interesting guy. Yeah. Um, so looks like he directed a lot of music videos. And this is his last credit. Uh, he directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt <laughs> and then Johnny Mnemonic. And then I guess that and scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh I don't think it's uh I don't think it's the right fit for him. I, there's just um there's just so much cliche in this movie and mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like the source material. First of all, the source material is from the mid 80s, right? Written in or published in 85 or 86. Then this movie is a 1995 movie. And the costume design, the set design, all of the design feels very 90s. Like in, it's actually a beef I have with uh, Star Trek, um, which I love. Uh, but, you know, they go to some alien planet and everything's so vague. It's like, oh, well, this planet's sort of deserty, and mm-hmm. the, pe- the people all wear sort of smocks, you know, and that's as deep. It's like, no, if the, you're going to imagine other realities get specific about it i mean you know it can literally be whatever you want but make it something not just sort of he's got a pencil thin tie and a black suit why in the future it's the same old hackneyed like everyone dresses like the beatles i don't you know it's Mm -hmm. like lazy is what it feels like and you can't say they ran out of money because they spent everything on the sets you know and it looked cheap i mean everything everything in it you know, even with the 30 million bucks, it, it, it just all looked cheap. I don't, I think, you know, you bringing up Dennis Villeneuve or however you say it, uh, this is kind of one of those seem like a perfect movie to remake or to just go to the source material and make a new version of this. You know, I wonder if that'll happen since it, since it flopped, but I think you will probably, just because there's so much content yeah. needed now, I'm sure you will start to see more of his books and stories adapted. Well, um, ironically, it's like, <laughs> and there's the technology to do so it bad. Now. Yeah. This one's so bad that people won't want to re- re- It's such a stinker that people won't want to remake a stinker. It's like, why would yeah. you bring that back from the dead? But you couldn't really make neuromancer because there's just, too much in it right i mean i say that i guess you made lord of the rings and pulled that i mean could it be a netflix series or something like that oh man it could totally be a netflix series. that's such a great idea it could and they've got the money did you ever see altered carbon i watched a couple of episodes of it and i couldn't i couldn't really get into it couldn't stick it but they but it but but it looks looks pretty good Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it looks like butter. Like they really, they didn't, didn't, did it, unlike this, it doesn't feel cheap and scrimped on. Right. I mean, I think the problems, if you are watching it and you don't really, it doesn't get its hooks in you, then the problems are, it's not because of the set design or the production design. It's yeah. because you just don't feel like you're getting drawn into the story. Uh, and I think one thing that 
William Gibson's material really needs is that full three-dimensional treatment. It needs to feel immersive. It might even be fun to do it in such a style. Like the, the Vogue right now is to modernize everything. Like you take older sci-fi stuff and you... You know, any 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 generation sci-fi is going to have their own personal stylistic elements baked in. You go back and watch Aliens, and you know, uh, Paul Reiser's got the sort of '80s hair and '80s shoulder pads. You know, mm -hmm. so but but the the Vogue thing now is to make it feel modern sci-fi. It'd be kind of fun it, to take this property and and overlay an '80s aesthetic on it, right? Yeah, like the movie Drive, or like that's that's come back into vogue. This celebration of '80s cinema. Well, I mean, The Wraith is a perfect example of that sweet spot right there in the '80s when everything was just like synth and neon and airbrush and feathered hair. It's like it would be really kind of fun to do a retro future take on it, like in the mid '80s. This is what we thought the future. I don't know. Am I and, making sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't know if if uh, this is definitely not a cyberpunk uh, thing. But did you have you seen the the Netflix show Maniac? No. With uh, that, that's something you should check out. I think you would be into it. It's uh, Jonah Hill and uh, oh yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, they're like in a treatment center or an experimental. Um, where are they? They're in some sort of a lab. Right? Yeah, it's like in a lab. And and that is a, you know, they did a really quirky sci-fi look with that without it being kind of, because some of those things like Altered Carbon and these other shows that are be, being made now for Netflix or Hulu or Prime or whatever, one of the criticisms that I have of them is I feel like they all kind of look the same. Yeah. You know, they all kind of look like, uh, updated versions of like deep space nine or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Fair. It, it would be cool to, uh, to see a, a sci-fi series. That's maybe a little more serious with an aesthetic like that, where it's a really kind of original look where you know where that with that show it was kind of hard to place the time frame it seemed to be in the future but it almost looked like it was the 70s or something you know the way everything that was de designed so i think that would be a fun kind of you know just a more stylized set design with something like this i think could be yeah. really cool yeah well that's i mean that's one of the things that i love so much about uh, blade runner 2049 which i just watch and watch and watch um he did such a great job of honoring the original material and making it plausibly feel like some time had passed but it was the same world right i mean he walked the line between saying all right so we're gonna have our you know, our femme fatale is going to look a lot like Daryl Hannah from the first one. And we're, you know, we're going to consciously create those visual echoes, even though it is what is it? 30 years later. I think um, so. Yeah. Um, 
but we want to also make it feel like 30 years have gone by and that the world hasn't fundamentally changed in that time, but the power dynamic has shifted into the hands of this different guy and the relationship with replicants has shifted. Um, I just thought it was a huge success in terms of not just universe building, which the first one did so well, but honoring the universe building that was done so well in the first one and then adding. So it's a yes and, right? It's a, mm -hmm. it's like, that was amazing. It's an homage, but then it's also introducing um, some new elements that I thought were, that were terrific. Oh we, yeah. We dislike Johnny Mnemonic so much. We've ceased to talk we about don't it. Don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with, with Blade Runner, the art direction and that is incredible. And you know, it's one of these things where you, you might have, again, it was a flop, but just everything. I mean, there's just so much need for content out there yeah. just in general. And yeah. you know, that uh, Gibson's works, they're going to be adapted, you know, they're, whether it's uh, for these streaming services. I mean, I, th I think it's almost a, a guarantee. And you might have some young director that Johnny Mnemonic was a movie, you know, that he loved and, or she loved. And, you know, they want to do a modern interpretation of it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, to see it get remade for one of the streaming services. It, you know, what's interesting. Uh, so I, uh, I just Googled up Neuromancer film adaptation and there are some posts from 2017 saying Deadpool's Tim Miller is set to direct the Neuromancer movie. Um, there's a number of hits on that and Neuromancer, the long overdue movie trailer. Um, I think that it's been attempted multiple times in the past. Um, Neuromancer 2021, directed by Tim Miller. Interesting. Um, Is he still attached to that? Because he, uh, he directed the last uh, Transformers, or not Transformers, the last Terminator movie. Which which bombed bad, uh, badly. Which I I kind of enjoyed. I mean, that's a separate conversation. But um, I didn't think it was that bad. But uh, so actually, uh, let me just jump in here really quick. Cyberpunk classic, The Matrix is what they called the internet in these books. So ah. and that predates the you know so many many things. And in fact, The Matrix, the look and feel that sort of slick. Um, slick back hair trinity in the matrix is very much the description of molly millions in uh neuromancer i think that's mm. the character's name somebody somewhere who knows what they're i haven't i need to reread it um she has um eye implants that make it look like she's sort of wearing these close-fitting shades but they're actually eye implants that let her see like cool. jordy jordy laforge you know from yeah, Star Trek. Yeah. um and she's got these blades. She has these, uh, you know, blood red uh, fingernails, but these sort of razor blade spikes. She can Wolverine like, you know, stick these things out. And so she, 
she's kind of this bioengineered assassin weapon and she's just super cool and yeah sexy and but i had forgotten that hit so there's the sprawl all the cities have sort of merged together into this one like whole eastern seaboard city and western seaboard city and above ground the real life is like you would see it in blade runner it's just this huge mass of non-stop urbanization and then you have a deck is what they call it that i think of as like a casio keyboard that you kind of jack into you plug into it and then you're mm -hmm. virtually in the matrix which is the whole uh other digital realm right and it is like in johnny mnemonic it is this sort of 3d space that you navigate um and the the lead character of neuromancer is very similar to johnny he's a hacker he's a sort of a smuggler and you know just kind of a ne'er-do-well but he's gifted in in terms of um cracking code and stuff um interesting interesting well, you know early on the, those first few minutes that i thought i was going to enjoy the movie uh i was thinking <laughs> i was thinking wow the wachowskis had to have been really influenced by this because things do look bad but like when the Yakuza guys come in, they all have the long trench coats and everything. And I thought, okay, this is just like, you know, everybody in the matrix. And, you know, he has the thing where he jacks in and all that. And I'm, I'm sure they were heavily influenced by the, by neuromancer uh, for the matrix as well. But so early on, I thought, wow, this was maybe a, even though a bad movie, maybe it was pretty influential, but it, it, it seems that, it was not. Was there anything that, so I kind of, you know, I'm just saying there's nothing redeemable about the movie, but were there things that you liked about it? You know, I, I, I tell you, I, I am going to go back. I'm going to reread uh neuromancer. I'm going to probably reread the short story from burning Chrome uh, that I, I might be called Johnny mnemonic. I don't remember the actual name. Maybe I think that maybe is. it is. Uh, yeah. I think maybe that's the, the title i think um but uh you know so if it, it it has it has reignited my interest in the source material but that's probably as good a positive thing you know i think if you like to sit around with someone and you know and buy beer chemical of choice mm -hmm. <laughs> and sort of you know chuckle at a kind of a canned ham of a movie then okay but i didn't enjoy it like i would if given the choice between this and the wraith i'd rewatch the wraith oh yeah a million i mean the the wraith has and i watched this on uh it it's free on crackle and but it's one of those things where there's like every five minutes there's uh a half a dozen commercials yeah. And I was just like, it was kind of a chore to get through it. I was just, I was just kind of like, wow, this is going to, you know, I don't know if I'd get through all these commercials and everything to, uh, like I say, for me, it was just kind of there. It wasn't like I hated it. It wasn't like the movie, you know, made me angry or anything like that. Um, but it, but it wasn't fun. There were, I mean, there were a couple of, of areas where I chuckled one of the, uh, Really early on uh, in the movie, well, like in the first five or ten minutes, 
when he's in the hotel room and gets attacked, Keanu throws this one bald guy through a glass, uh, not like a window, but just a glass wall in the bathroom. And he says, uh, next time knock Baldy. And he just, his delivery is really terrible. And one line I thought was hilarious was the very end of the movie. So, and maybe after I, I tell you this, maybe you can explain what he was supposed to be. I didn't really understand Dolph Lundgren's character, but he, uh. he's strange because he has long hair and blah, blah, blah. And so they attack. He's trying call to kill John pre- preacher and, and he's, Oh, he's crazy. Right. Yeah. It's like a Jesus thing. They're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I, know why he's got a knife that looks like a, it's like, we get it. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> we stop frosting the frosting. It's like, it's a hat on a hat. Yeah. So, but he's trying to kill Johnny and the, uh, the woman who I forget what her name is. She uses the, the dolphin, the dolphin can like emit, something and he uh and it fries Dolph Lundgren and so at the very end of the movie uh he it looks like he starts to write he's all completely charred and it looks like he's gonna get up and Ice-T turns and the way he delivered his line just made me laugh because he goes just garbage get that out of here. And they just like lift him up with a crane. But the way he said it, it was, I don't know. It just made me laugh because he's right. he just, it's, it's just garbage. Him, it's not him rising from the dead. It is them airlifting the body. Yeah. Out that way. But the, the, it's clearly a fake out of like, Oh, he's not quite dead. And it's a director's commentary that the ice T character would be like, we're not going to do this garbage uh right that i mean that's what they were going for i it's, i guess yeah. that's what i took from it but it's so poorly and weirdly executed that it's not even 100 percent clear yeah yeah you, supposed to be some kind of an inside joke because you've loved the movie so much to this point you're like <laughs> <laughs> you're <Yeah>. right ice t <laughs> but i'm just sitting there and i'm thinking okay this charred they completely charred him it's not like his eyes popped open or something like that you know i don't know so th- that was that was uh, maybe the most entertaining part of the whole movie to me. And it was like 10 seconds before it ended, right. you know, and it just has this very abrupt ending. Cause what they, they're just kind of standing there. Did, did they kiss? I don't even remember exactly, but uh, they just sort of look out on the city or whatever. And that's just the ending. Right. As though they're like, he's a loser with nothing and he's going to pull one more heist. Right. And then the heist goes is a terrible idea to begin with. And it goes as expected, as anyone could have foreseen. It goes south from the very beginning. And miraculously, he ends up not, after a series of bad choices, he ends up not dead. And it just ends with like he now he's standing with this woman who's kind of a junkie or a, or she's got a plague. Oh, there's a, we didn't even touch on there's like this whole disease that there's apparently a cure for. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think we just got to call it. I let me add in one more thing. There's another thing that we didn't mention that, you know, this could have been handled well, could have could have been good. But so he carries this data around and um he, it's like he can only you can only fit so much data 
So right. he he has lost uh, memories because there's only so much space in you know in the brain or whatever. So he doesn't remember his childhood. So there's a scene where he tells the woman that that you know he's like, oh, I, you know, because I'm carrying around you know this stuff, I've lost my you know childhood memories. And she's like, so you don't remember being a kid, you know? And you know he's all upset about that. And it's supposed to be kind of dramatic, I think. And you're so, but but they they don't build up any kind of. Uh, you don't care basically. Right. And so at the very end, when they, I don't know, the dolphin and all the stuff happens and then they Dolph, download the it, dolphin. I guess. Right. I guess they download it. Well, then he, he regains his childhood memories. So, and that was one part of the movie where I was like, Oh, okay. They filmed that pretty well, you know, but it didn't seem, you just don't at that point, you're just like, okay, why do I care? You know, that, well, uh, and his other childhood than, memories you know. are these like idyllic 1950s. It's like a green grass garden and mom mm -hmm. and an apron. And you're like, when was this world? Like, how old is Johnny Mnemonic, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, 20 somethings, maybe 30 somethings. You're telling me 30 years ago, this this kind of rotten dystopian world didn't exist. I it just it's yeah. like it was of a different. I don't know. I, and and again, you think. Uh, somebody more skilled, like something like, uh, dark city where I don't know how long it's been used since you've seen that, but where it's yeah, been a like long that. time since I've watched that, but the guy, you know, has these memories of the woman yes. on the pier and all that. And with a more skilled director, they could have done something like that where you're continually seeing these flashes of, you know, his, his childhood and, Oh, what's this about and everything. And it could have been, it could have it, it could have been kind of cool, but it just came off as nah, I don't care, you know. We could talk about Dark City one day, actually. Yeah, that'd, that'd be. A, I mean, I that's a good I, one that that you know, and people who are into the genre know of it. But I, it's been a while. Like I don't know that people. And that director, Alex Proyas, is somebody you know. He directed that, and he did The Crow, and you know, I think a couple of other good things. And then I think he got into a lot of TV and stuff after that. But just yeah. kind of kind of fell off the map after that and and so yeah that's an that's an interesting uh that's one we should definitely talk about sometime i think we're we're at time uh i think we should what do you think thumbs up thumbs down i feel like anybody who is going to enjoy this movie has already seen it you know and is just watching it as a in a nostalgic manner to me, I, this is a thumbs down for me. I, I, agree. I like, like I say, I had, uh, this is one that I had always been curious about and I'd always heard, Oh, it's bad. And I thought, ah, you know, you, we, a lot of times when you go in with low expectations, uh, you know, then, uh, you, you wind up really enjoying something like this. But yeah. I, I it, like I said, I know I, I've kind of overused the term dull, I think, but it's just, yeah, I just didn't care. No, I agree. I'm giving it a thumbs down too. And it, 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 you know, unlike some of the ones that are sort of deliciously and wonderfully and enjoyably bad, this is just disappointingly bad. Cause you, you almost feel like in different hands or under different circumstances, this could have been a much more, a much more enjoyable movie. And it just wasn't absolutely. I would say yep. go read the source material. It's good sci-fi. And, um, particularly if you enter the genre things like the matrix, you, you'll see that a lot of other properties have really, 
grown out of these original ideas that he published in the in the 80s yeah i i, I can definitely imagine that okay cool thank you all for listening and um see you next week